Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. I've talked many times about how trans people and cis people really aren't all that different, but there's one way most cis people never realize that may just blow your mind. Strap in for Cis People Get Gender Affirming Healthcare too. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the cure for all the non-medical things that ail me, Susan Bridges. Hello. Our guest this week is Felix Mack. He's a queer and trans writer originally from Scotland. With a background in activism, Felix is now in L.A. trying to spread the message of trans joy from as big a screen as possible. Welcome, Felix. Hello. Happy to be here. That's a big move from Scotland to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> Those are very different places. Yeah, it was a, a bit of a culture shock when I first arrived, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, yeah. what brought you out to L.A. then? Was it screenwriting or, or something else? I actually um, I actually met an American um, in Edinburgh during the International Film Festival, um, and we fell in love. And then Aww. the rest is kind of history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so sweet, though. I know. <laughs> yeah, so we got married and, and now I live here, which is remarkably warmer than where I was before. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that background in activism that was in your bio. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'd love to hear what that was and, and what you were doing. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, kind of started when I was like in my early 20s. I used to live on some protest sites. So I was more focused on like environmental activism. Okay. Which is obviously still really important. Yeah. I kind of burned, burned myself out on that because it's it's really hard um, to, to just see what's happening with the planet. Yeah. But yeah, I basically lived on a few anti anti open cast coal mine protests and also on a protest site that was against a bypass going through a protected woodland. And that's that one actually won, which is great because yeah. there's not a lot of wins in environmental activism. So that one and yeah, it was like a kind of really amazing time. I feel like you meet a lot of really interesting people in those kind of environments. Yeah. But it's also, there's just this great unifying factor that regardless of like all the ways that you might be completely different and not understand each other and sometimes be really terrible to each other. There's this one thing that you really fundamentally believe in that kind of unifies you. And yeah. I, I don't really know if I've felt that since it's, it's something very special to that. So I think the, the trans community out here in in Hollywood is 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 the closest thing, and that's really amazing to be part of. So, yeah, actually, that's another thing I wanted I wanted to mention recently for the folks listening. If you may not know, if you're not very into Hollywood, the Writers Guild of America is striking at the moment, 
for better pay and living conditions because we just want writing to be a livable middle-class career again, like writing for TV and movies, and it's not at the moment for most people. And so there was a special picket of Netflix specifically for trans writers and our allies, and I was there and Felix was there. And I'm, I'm sad we didn't get to talk, but we waved a couple times. But it was uh, it was a really amazing feeling to just, just not just be surrounded by so many trans and queer people, but trans and queer writers. You know, it's like we're, we're such a small niche of the population and that there were so many of us there. And it was a really amazing feeling. Yeah. And I think it's like part of the reason why we, we didn't even manage to talk was because of the, the sheer number of us. Which right. There were so was- many. I was so surprised. It was just so exciting. And it's also, you know, there's that thing where you're you're here and there's people that you're like, oh, my God, this is this person who's been in the industry for years, who's yeah. not trans, who's here supporting us, you know, exactly. so it really does feel like there is a community building and the energy, you know, there, there for people listening, there was like a kind of a ball that was put on. So they had competitions for like best dressed and yeah. best placards and the energy there and the energy when the speeches were kind of being made by the organizers was just so amazing. I mean, Sydney Ballou was saying this is this is our civil rights movement. And I just felt so electrified by that, you know, just, yeah. just, it, despite everything that's going on for us right now, for us to join in this very specific place outside Netflix, who have notably been the ones really spearheading a lot of transphobia. Yeah. Felt yeah, really right? magical. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really good. I, there was, again, for the folks listening, if you don't know, there's a trans woman writer who's been in the industry for a while. Her name is Shadi Petoskey. She's higher level. And she posted a photo of trans writers in Hollywood in 2008. And there were six people. And she was one of them. And then she posted a photo with the rally and how many of us there are now because we feel maybe safer to come out. And, the you know, the industry is still largely transphobic in a lot of ways, but it is better than it used to be. And, and any progress is a step in the right direction. So it was, it was really, you're, it was just, it was magical to be there. It was, it was a really, really amazing thing. And I'm glad that we both got to experience it. Yeah, it was amazing. And I, I saw that post too, and it blew my mind, blew my mind. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really surprising. All right. So for you, what has been the best thing about transitioning? Uh, I, somebody asked this on a, on, a, on a different internet post and I and I said, what did I say? I said the, the expansiveness, which is extremely vague. Um, <laughs> but I feel as though having my eyes open to, I guess, like the lies that we're told. Yeah. The, box, the boxes that we're, we, we just assume are there. To be able to just kind of step out of them and, and realize that it's all a hoax is, is pretty amazing. You know, you're like, yeah, oh, I, I don't actually have to conform to any of this. This is just something that we've that we've that's trickled down through white Christianity for for years, you know, yeah. eons. And it's it's amazing to find community within that. And I feel like something as as, as someone who's both in, in my mid 30s and also 10 years into my my kind of I've been on testosterone that long I'm constantly now in the position where I'm meeting new people who have completely different takes on it that were not open to me when I started transitioning and that's amazing yeah that's really exciting because I don't want to have all of the answers I think that that's that's that would be really boring and detrimental if we just had all the answers right this is a ever-evolving intricate wild world that we live in that none of us fully understand and yeah. I think that being trans really was a catalyst for, for me kind of understanding that and like letting go a little bit 
to the whims of the universe, if that makes sense. Although obviously when you're transitioning, you're really trying to like move towards a certain point, or at least I was really campaigning against a lot of medical stopgap, shall we say. But yeah, on the other side of it, your my, my mind was just constantly being cracked open in new ways that I could see things. And it trickles down into the way that you view everything, I think. Yeah. I th you know what? I think you're absolutely right. And I've never heard anyone put it exactly like that before. But once you realize your transness and you're open to it, and it helps you see how much else of life in our world is kind of the same way. It's just stuff that we're told, but it doesn't have to be that way. We can change things and make them better. So it's, yeah, it, you're right. It's very expansive. It's like like you're seeing the, the whole universe for the first time again, and, and you're seeing what it's what it's really like out there so yeah well on the flip side of that what for you has been one of the worst parts about transitioning i think the waiting i think the waiting yeah obviously so many people say that yeah yeah i mean obviously obviously i think right now is 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 really hard as well and like i've never felt as scared to be yeah anything actually i've never right. felt as scared point blank um, and obviously that comes with a lot of privilege I'm a white man but I've never felt this scared as I do currently living in America I mean I'm in California we're we're a quote-unquote safe state but it's terrifying seeing the things that people say so there's that and then pr prior to this per specific period in time just the waiting between healthcare appointments constantly and something that again here in California blows my mind like I've heard from people who have specifically Kaiser Healthcare here, and it just sounds miles apart from what I was dealing with in the UK. And that has gotten worse. I, I think I transitioned at a kind of golden time in the UK and it was still terrible. You know, I campaigned for literally like three years for one specific surgery and ended up having to like go a completely different route because they just wouldn't give it to me, you know? Wow. And that ended up, fine it, it's, it's i feel great now everything's fine but it's that's the norm and i'm constantly yeah. now seeing like a really big uptick in in fundraisers that are related to surgery from people specifically in the uk but also obviously here and that's always been the case but in the uk it's really skyrocketed in the last few years because yeah. it's just getting the coverage is just getting worse and the waiting times are just getting longer and it's so i yeah i don't I mean, I, I guess, you know, if I was in charge, I would know what to do with it, right? But like, from where I am now, I just I don't yeah. know what, what we're doing and how to fix it. It's seems so obvious to me that this is necessary healthcare, you know? Right. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm one of those people that has Kaiser. And in a lot of ways, they have been really great. But in a lot of ways, they're still also kind of backwards. Like, in order to get access to hormones i had to talk to a therapist and prove that i was trans which isn't mm -hmm. something we should have to do you know so yeah. it was it's rough to have to go to a cis person and convince them that i'm trans enough to get medication and that was not cool so you know everything's a give and a take but yeah it's definitely like and a lot of the things are like very gendered like so it's like if you're in the system as a woman right they're constantly asking you about women's health care for parts you may or may not have cervical exams yeah. that I don't I don't like, need how do you you do yeah do you really do this blanket for everyone like, right what do you do for intersex people what do you do for yeah. uh, like it doesn't make any sense to me that they are they're just gonna miss stuff well yeah and it's really weird because I didn't come into them having already transitioned right I 
they were providing our health care back when I was presenting as a man and the world thought I was a man. And so they've provided 100% of my transition care and they still have no <laughs> system to note that. Exactly. So it's, yeah, I had to yell at them because yeah. they just multiple times. you in the system right. to a woman. Yeah. And then it's a mess. Yeah. That's so wild because like when I came here, the like the, I, my first appointment with like a primary care physician, again, through Kaiser, she gave me this like, it was like an organ check or something it's called. And she's just like, do you have ovaries? Do you have tests? Like literally listing wow. all the things. And I was like, can everybody do this, please? So, I mean, right? I would totally, That's totally ask if they do that because I was like, thank you for doing this. Can everybody do this with literally everybody? It doesn't matter if you're cis or trans. Right. Because obviously that's the easy way to do it. What do you have that we might need to know that's in your body that might may or may not need attention at some point? Like it's it, really that yeah. simple. Well, I have definitely heard like stories from other women who maybe you know, not in Kaiser, but other things that like they're like, I had a hysterectomy and they forced me to take a pregnancy test before I went on this medication because oh they God. force all women right. to get a pregnancy test. I, and I couldn't do anything about that. I had I, I saw a trans woman say that yeah. same thing, that she was forced to take a pregnancy test. Yes. And it's like, because there's no way to put in the system, I Come guess, on. that okay. you don't, it just... Oh my, oh my. Okay, okay. We could go on about this today, but we have a topic <laughs> to get to. Right, we're kind of off topic. Yeah, but before we get there, Felix, it, where can people find you online if they would like to look you up after listening to this episode? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm, I'm pretty active there. And it's just Felix Mac writes. So yeah, come and find me. I like memes. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> One of the, the, the good parts of the internet, It is right? the good, good yeah. parts of the internet. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, there are lots of these Trans Tuesdays where I point out time and again that trans people are not really that different from cis people. We can be right, we can be wrong, we can be amazing and terrible because we're human beings. We experience the world differently, and we're certainly treated differently, especially by cis lawmakers in half of the United States, but we have plenty in common with cis people. And remember, cis isn't a bad word. And if you think it is, you've been listening to very bad people. Okay. That's your, that's like your motto. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you can most easily see this play out in the Trans Tuesdays I've done examining trans allegories in media. There is, of course, first and foremost, by Trans Tuesday deep dives into the entire Matrix franchise, which will not only help trans people feel seen and understood and help cis people learn how important true allyship is, but we'll show you how trans stories are human stories. And I would, of course, be remiss if I did not take a moment to again remind you that those threads got me a book deal, and they've been revised and expanded, and you can pre-order it in hardcover, paperback, and EPUB formats from all bookstores now. It's called Begin Transmission, The Trans Allegories of the Matrix. And you should get it. But back to the topic in hand. If, if you're waiting for the book, or if you don't have time for 60,000 words right now, you can see the Trans Tuesday on the trans allegory of the Little Mermaid's part of your world for a more brief example of how human trans stories can be. But you can also see it in the Trans Tuesday on the trans allegory of the Twilight Zone's Nervous Man in a $4 Room, and in the trans allegory of Real Genius, which was a four-part Trans Tuesday series. Felix, I wanted to take a second to ask you, have there been specific media that has spoken to you on a on a deep trans level, even if maybe it wasn't intended that way. Mm. You know, I there's I feel like for me there's a very distinct lack of representation for queer gay trans men. You're absolutely so right. Yeah. So, so that's been really lacking for me. There 
I cannot remember the name of this film. This is terrible. But there was one film, one German film that specifically explored that, that I saw very early on and was like, this is the thing. This is it. I will find out what that is and get back to you. But other than that, in terms of like actual mainstream media, this is going to be so embarrassing. But have you ever seen She's the Man? I have not. No. Okay. It's it's Amanda Byrne's like body. No, it's not like a body swap, but she basically like pretends to be a guy like okay. in, in her college. And right. I just remember watching this with another trans guy like like maybe five years ago. And we were like, this is the best thing ever. Like it's completely not for us. It's not intended for us at all. Yeah. But it's great. You know, it's not I didn't I didn't I'm I'm gonna hope this doesn't bite me, but I did not find it offensive at the time. Like I I mean I love Amanda Barnes. Like I just felt like it was really poking fun at the gender binary in a way which was really amusing to me as a trans person, but also it was like, oh okay, this is but like, you know, kind of body swap or gender swap movies never kind of go in this direction it's often yeah haha here's a man dressing as a woman because we think that's really hilarious blah, exactly blah. And, it, and it just wasn't really that like there was some some kind of a few jokes about like what it's like to be a woman but like it was really just making fun of the differences between these you know the, the so-called two sexes basically and i just thought it yeah. was hilarious so yeah definitely worth checking out <laughs> Excellent. We will have to put that on our list. But what we're talking about today isn't isn't fiction. It's not a story. It wasn't anything written or created by anyone. I just want you to have that context because in a broad sense, they're absolutely connected. All those examinations of how stories, intentionally or otherwise, speak to the trans experience show you how very much cis people can identify with a lot of what we go through, even if some of the specifics are different. So when you think about medicine or surgical procedures trans people may get to help confirm their gender, what I want you to understand is that cis people not only get so many of the same or similar procedures, but they get them for the exact same reason. So let's start with hormone replacement therapy. If you need a refresher on the basics of that, there is of course a Trans Tuesday on the topic. For trans women, HRT usually involves introducing estrogen and often also progesterone into the body and suppressing testosterone. I've also mentioned this multiple times before, but here it is again. The estrogen and progesterone that trans women take was developed for postmenopausal cis women. As cis women age, especially after menopause, their bodies make less of those hormones, so they're often introduced. And why is that done? As I've talked about before, estrogen and testosterone fight each other in the body. When a cis woman's estrogen drops, her testosterone will rise. What are some of the common symptoms of menopause? Hot flashes, hair loss facial hair growth, things associated with testosterone and caused by their T levels rising because their E levels dropped. And actually, that's not menopause. That's for perimenopause. Oh, is it? Yeah. See, I don't know. I'm not a cis woman. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's what you're here for. like <laughs> getting to menopause yeah. takes a decade. Right. I know it's long. They have those symptoms for a decade. Right. And then if you, menopause is just when you stop. Okay. But no more. Right. It's done. No more periods. No right, right. I know that. For a year. Right. But if that happens before you turn 50, you could end up with bone loss and things like that. Right. So, like, if it, it's previous to turning 50, especially, you might get hormones so that you don't end up with crumbly bones. Sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> as you and you know, for cis women who experience hair loss and facial hair growth, it can make them feel terrible. And guess what we call that? Gender dysphoria. 
they literally take hormone replacement therapy to affirm their gender. And I've also mentioned before how all the testosterone-suppressing drugs trans women take were developed for cis men. Those drugs were developed to treat prostate cancer or enlarged prostates. They were developed to treat hair loss. They were all developed to treat problems cis men face by lowering their testosterone. And cis men often take testosterone for gender-affirming reasons. If they have low T, injections can help them with erectile dysfunction, libido, and loss of muscle mass. And if all of that isn't gender-affirming, what is? So, Felix, you've obviously gone the other way than me, uh, and you mentioned before that you've been on testosterone for like 10 years. So so what has that experience been like for you? I mean, I feel like not to be too kind of, you know, Harry Benjamin about it, it really just felt like it clicked into place for me. It was like yeah. day and night, you know. I'm not not in that way where it's like you have your first shot of tea and everything changes because right. know, for anyone it's... out there contemplating their first shot of tea, you're going to feel like that. I felt like that. That's not what happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's a slow yeah. process. Yeah, it's it's a lot slower than you think. But in ter- like for me, the biggest change, and this is really saying something because I am the hairiest person on earth right now, but the biggest change for me was was the emotional. Yeah, stuff. I was really scared that I was going to lose access to the emotional landscape that I had, and that I was going to, you know, have a very like small amount of emotions, and that most of them would be anger. And that is just not what the experience has been at all. I feel so much more able to regulate my emotions now that the right hormone is in my body, is the dominant hormone in my body, and you know, before I used to. I used to be re- I used to cry a lot and, and it would be something that would really upset me when I was trying when I was really angry about something the first thing that would happen would I would cry and I was and that, that just makes it that's more of a cycle you get more angry because you're like no I'm trying I'm trying to be angry here you know right and that, it's that's not the case I cry a lot less which definitely feels like I guess I have lost access to some of that but I still have the full breadth of emotions and I do still cry when it matters and as a Gemini I am constantly processing my emotions at all times. My husband can attest to that. So, (laughs) (laughs) but that's definitely been the thing for me. I think when you start something like hormones, there's so many doubts, you know, you think after this one dose, it's going to change everything and it's irreversible because that's what we're fed. It's absolutely not the case. You know, I'm a strong advocate for kind of, you know, mess around and, and see what happens. Yeah. And, and also as well, just to go on what you were saying about these treatments that like cis people have that we have a friend of mine who works in harm reduction over in Scotland where I'm from and he was talking about how his clinic has become full of of trans people in the last few years and you know it's it's, just, it's like we are trying to we're having to access like these kind of black market hormones a yeah. lot of the time steroids in, in in the case of trans men that bodybuilders are using we, you know when I was starting out and I was self-medicating, I was using the literal same forums as cis men were using to access for bodybuilding. It's just, it, was, it was the same stuff, you know? Yep. And trying to get that, trying to get my levels regulated, trying to get seen by an endocrinologist when I was not under like an actual prescription for that was really hard. And I think that's something that persists to this day. Yeah. And so yeah it makes no sense to me because i I'm, i've spoken to, to multiple healthcare professionals who are always like oh yeah i remember when 
you know, there was like a, a shortage of testosterone and all the trans men and all the bodybuilders were trying to fight together. And it's just the same, it's the same stuff, just as you say, it's the same stuff, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, it's really interesting what you said about the emotional stuff, because that was something I didn't really expect with hormone replacement therapy, but it definitely happened. And like recently, uh, I've been adjusting my hormones with my endocrinologist a little bit. And it caused my testosterone to go up, which I didn't want because it was like making my body hair grow faster, which gives me dysphoria, which is is not great. But the worst part was it made my brain feel wrong. It didn't feel like me anymore. And I didn't expect that. And that was the most upsetting part about it. So it's really amazing how much better you just feel mentally when mm -hmm. you're you're have you're on the hormones you need to be on, you know? That's the thing. And I think this is the thing that people that, you know, a lot of these point scoring legislators are never going to understand you know they they don't understand this because they are either extremely insecure or they're so secure in their genders that they don't understand what it could possibly feel like to be on the other side of that yeah and I I mean I was very very unhappy as a teenager you know as soon as that puberty kicked in my mental health just went through the floor and I had no idea what was wrong with me for so many years and mental health I have have dealt with throughout my life and but I can absolutely say that hormone replacement therapy is one of the one of the great strides that I've made towards being a health a healthy and happy person you know like it's yeah. just it's just an, it's like a completely different map inside my brain the yes. neurons are different I don't know but, yeah. exactly right that's what it feels like okay Tills so you convinced me I'm a science-minded and fact-believing person, so sure, I understand that HRT was all developed for cis people, and they get it too, often for the exact same reasons. I'll give you that. Well, I'm so glad you're starting to see the big picture. But gender confirmation surgeries, you say? Come on, no cis people do that. Well, buckle up, friend, this ride's gonna get bumpy. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons released some stats about cosmetic procedures in 2022. There's a link to their findings in the show notes. The most popular procedure performed was liposuction, and while that's absolutely connected to our society's fat phobia, I want you to understand that it's inexorably intertwined with what our society says a man and a woman, quote-unquote, should look like. I talked a little bit about that in the Trans Tuesday on physical representation and the Hollywood ideal. If society tells you that men and women look a certain way, and that way, especially for women, is to be thin and under a certain weight, you can absolutely make a case that those liposuction procedures are gender confirmation. Because some of the women getting those procedures are doing so because they don't feel as much like women as they want to because of the implicit fat phobia society is placed within all of us. If you need more information on implicit biases, see the Trans Tuesday on implicit queer phobia and also the Trans Tuesday on internalized transphobia, which was episode 18 of this podcast. Although it's not really implicit, it's pretty explicit. Well, that too. Yes, you're it's right. One of those things that like people <laughs> think it's fine. Well, it's both. It's yeah. yeah. And and while I think the link between liposuction and gender confirmation is real and valid, I know some will find it tenuous. So let's move on to some others, like that stalwart breast augmentation. Why do you think cis women want to increase their breast size? It is to confirm their gender, my friends. And if you're like, but you don't have to have large breasts to be a woman, you are correct. It is again implicit, and as Susan says, explicit biases in society that make some cis women feel that way, and others may want them for their own reasons, but it's still confirming their gender. And if you can see how society pressures women to have larger breasts due to that Hollywood ideal, 
and getting a breast augmentation moves them closer to that ideal and thus makes them feel more like what society says a woman is, then you can see how a lot of people, men and women alike, are getting liposuction for the exact same reason. Do you see? It is all gender confirmation. Look at some of the other big ones. Facelifts make you look younger, thus closer to the ideal, thus more like the way society says your gender should look. Tummy tucks, see liposuction. Breast lifts, nose jobs, butt lifts, lip fillers. Why do many cis women who've had mastectomies get breast augmentation? The same reason. These procedures are all about confirming to yourself, to the world, often both, that you are the gender you know yourself to be. And a lot of times if a woman gets a mastectomy, then insurance just plain old covers it. Right, exactly, as it's a thing they need. Or they're just like, we're going to do the mastectomy and then put a fake boob right in there for you. Yeah, exactly. Save time. And, and no it's not just women. Gynecomastia procedures are increasing. Do you know what that is? It's a reduction in breast tissue that cis men are getting. Why on earth would cis men want that? Is it, is it to confirm their gender? There's a link to an article all about the rise in cis men getting gynecomastia in the show notes as well. And if you think maybe these procedures are quote-unquote less extreme than some of what trans people go through, I'm going to tell you that cis men are getting surgical leg lengthening procedures to make them taller. Again, article link in the show notes. And once you understand what's involved in such a procedure, you will see it's, well, some might say extreme, but these cis men want to be taller. Why? Because our ideal, quote unquote ideal, says men are tall and women are not. And being taller confirms their gender. I mean, I want to be taller because I can't reach stuff. But, but not, not that way. <laughs> so, Felix, have you felt pressure to be taller or like the height is somehow related to being, quote unquote, more of a man or anything like that? Really funny. So the first time I ever came to, to North America, I was actually was when I went to Canada to have my top surgery. OK. And I was like, wow guys are tall here. Like, what is going on in the water in North America? Like, why are you all so tall? <laughs> I was like, I get, I understand why basketball is played here so intensely, <laughs> not in Scotland. Are, are never, Scottish I, men generally shorter? I, I guess so. Like, it's not that, like, across the board, I've definitely met. Yeah. I, I was in a class with someone who basically was like a giant overnight in, in high school, but I never felt as short as I did coming over that time. And I think that like, I don't have a, I personally have never had height dysphoria. I think at that time okay. I was like, I felt more like, okay, I'm gonna get thrown at this, this restroom. I was very early on and that was my main worry. But I think also having been around Europe, um, knowing, you know, like people from, from Spain, specifically places like that, there's a lot of shorter men and you know, short men are, are very hot as well, which is great. I'm like, okay, well, that, so, well, I mean, all opportunities for me. But uh, I was, I just, I've never really felt that. And I, but I know that speaking especially to straight trans men, it's yeah. a huge problem because, and I, and I know this from, from knowing a lot of, a lot of straight women as well. It's like, they're obsessed with like, my man has to be taller than me. Why? Yeah. What are you Why exactly? It's weird. And, yeah, and so many trans men I know really struggle with that. They're, and they're like, oh, yeah, like I'm constantly having these women being like, oh, you need to be six this, you need to be that. And it's like, I don't know what you think that equates to, but what you, whatever you think that equates to, is, that's not real. It's not rooted in reality. It's this weird caveman idea of men as the protector and women as the yeah. 
little exactly. wafer needs to be carried from a tree or whatever and it's like why are we buying into that like some of the strongest feminists will buy into that and you're like where where are we, what are you watching to where what are you reading like it, it yeah makes to me. yeah yeah I, I never had height dysphoria either but i know that on the opposite side that there are a lot of trans women who are uh mm. dysphoric about their height because they feel like it helps out them to people or that they look like less of a woman because they're six foot two or whatever so yeah it, there's all these weird societal expectations that get levied on us all and it's awful and none of us deserve that but i mean as an aside though yes it didn't change the dynamic of our relationship i would say what did that like when you transition yeah I felt like you couldn't protect me anymore and i had to protect you well that's not related to height though no, that was just because i, mean... I uh, trans women are more vulnerable than cis women in society well right but really like you know when you were presenting as a tall cis man yes mm. there's a, a certain level of quote unquote security that comes with that yeah right. so it was it's weird it's a big mental change it is yeah but you don't hear anyone out there complaining about any of those procedures for cis people do you did you know that in almost every state that feels they must legislate against gender confirmation surgeries for trans kids which are not happening they still allow cis girl teens to get breast augmentations did you know that in those bans on trans health care, the people making those laws explicitly make it clear that surgeries can be forced on intersex children by their parents? Link in the show notes. Because both of those things uphold the false cisgender binary of society. And so the people banning trans health care are doing so only because we prove that binary is a lie. See the Trans Tuesday on the false dichotomy, also episode 11 of this show for more on that. I don't know how I can make it any clearer to you folks listening. Some trans people use hormones to confirm their gender. So do some cis people. Some trans people use surgeries to confirm their gender, and so do some cis people. You need to see the hypocrisy at play here. It's nothing more than not for thee, but fine for me. And trans people are the ones who actually need these things to alleviate the dysphoria that many of us have struggled with for a lifetime. If you're fine with cis people receiving all of that health care if it's what they want, you're just a bigoted hypocrite if you're not fine with trans people receiving all of that health care when it's what we need. What this all comes down to is bodily autonomy, and yes, there's a Trans Tuesday on that too. Either we all have it or we all don't. You do what you want with your body, and I'll do what I want with mine. And how about that's the end of it? And if you don't understand how all bodily autonomy, like the right to abortion and trans health care, is all the exact same fight, let the Trans Tuesday on Trans Rage light the way for you. Thank you for being here, Felix. It's been a pleasure. As a reminder, nobody gets to tell us what we can or can't do with our own bodies. All we trans people want is equality and access to all the things cis people have and take for granted. Help us get there or get out of the way. Tilly Bridges and Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at Tilly Bridges at Mastodon.social, at Facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges, and on Insta at Heck Yeah Tilly Bridges. 
And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillysTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.